Thank you for tuning in to Our Black Voices Matter. We can't remain silent. We must speak up. So let the conversation begin. My name is Tamika McNeil of the TC Connection podcast. I'm a 22-year-old black female. And going back to when I first heard of the death of Ahmaud Arbery, the first thought that I had in my brain was, wow, it's really illegal to be black. Like I knew before that it wasn't, you know, legal to be black. Like it felt like our blackness um, was a crime in itself. But for a man to be jogging and somebody find a reason to take his life, that just really set it for me. Like I set it off for me, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. I was just like, yeah, being black is definitely not legal. And you're, you're, you're trying to process it. I'm seeing black people and white people in comment sections of links, blogs, and posts about his death. Um, trying to make rhyme or reason of it. Trying to justify it. Oh, they saw him on camera here. He really looked like the guy they were looking for. What I mean, Candace Owens said, what black man, I mean, what, not what black man, she said, what man or who jogs wearing cargo shorts, right? And it's like, it doesn't matter what you go jogging in. I could go jogging in a bathing suit. The, the I should not be put to death for that. And they're like, well, you're wrong for saying he was put to death for that. Well, what was he put to death for? Well, they said that he was, you know, trespassing and he did... Yeah, but you can't kill somebody because you say something or because you think something. But when the skin is black, that is when that those murders are made to be righteous. Trying to figure out how to cope with Ahmad's death, along with trying to cope with countless other deaths in our community. I hear about Breonna Taylor a woman who is gunned down in her own home as she sleeps by cops that show up in unmarked cars with an illegal knock warrant. You know what I'm saying? Um, no, I mean, with an illegal no knock warrant, wearing casual clothes, they barge into her home. They draw weapons. Her boyfriend draws his firearm. And they let off, I believe, was it 22 rounds? Don't quote me on that, but eight of those rounds hit her. She died there. They left her body there and told her mother when her mother asked about her daughter, they told her that her daughter was in the hospital. Her mom wandered through those hospitals. I mean, looking for her child when her child is dead on her apartment floor. 
I'm trying to wrap my head around how a black woman can just be murdered like that. And then her boyfriend go get arrested. They're trying to charge him with attempted murder because he drawed his firearm thinking I need to protect my household from a robber or whoever. He got off for that, but him being charged, him even being taken into custody is a problem. You're trying to get over these two deaths. You're trying not to feel hopeless. You're trying not to let the trauma set in, at least for me as a black person. I'm trying. You hear about George Floyd and you watch him be murdered on camera. That's when the hopelessness kind of settled in. I was like, it's never really going to stop, is it? And if I'm in a system that isn't working, I figured, hey, tear that system down. So that moves me back. I mean, well, moves me into the next question, which is, do you um, agree with peaceful protesting or are you for, you know, the rioting, the looting, the burning down stuff, the tearing things up? And my simple answer is yes, I'm, I'm for it all. But to break it down some, I am for peaceful protest. I believe in being peaceful with peaceful people, though. If the people you are peacefully protesting are no longer trying to be peaceful, there is no reason to bring peace. You know, evil begat evil. You catch more flies with honey. If they're not putting honey out and they're putting vinegar out, then what are you, what are the flies to do? So I am for looting. And here's why. A lot of people, I saw black and white people on board with this, you know, saying, hey, looting is bad. Looting is wrong, wrong, wrong. Well, here's why looting is right, 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 at least to Tamika. Looting is right to me because we live in a capitalistic society that does not value its citizens over what? Capitalism, meaning it does not value you over capital or material. And because it does not value you over your capital or material, the material usually drowns out the sounds of the people. Looting makes it so that you're taking the material. Looting makes it so that you're taking the capital. You're burning down the buildings. And because of that, they cannot ignore you. They have to acknowledge you because the material, the the um, hypothetical money they could be making off of these materials, that is gone now. And the only thing left in its wake is the people. So looting is a successful form of protest because it removes the middleman and makes the people more visible. Also, people saying, you know, you're broke, you're, you know, you're busted, you're disgusted because you looting, you know what I'm saying? You know, you don't have good morals. Think about this. Desperate times call for desperate measures. And if you don't think that People, especially black people, are desperate right now. We're just as desperate as we are tired. And because of that, I mean, imagine getting $1,200 to feed and take care of your family. Yes, people are going to exploit looting. Yes, people are going to exploit these protests and these riots. But people exploit the system all the time. And I'm not saying it makes it right, but I'm saying really think about it. You, every aspect of our system can be exploited. And just because something is being exploited doesn't mean you completely do away with it. 
the Bible says the wheat and the tear look exactly the same. And it's not until the farmer harvests that wheat and harvests that tear that they're able to know the difference. And I'm saying that to say that you have peaceful protesters, you have rioters and you have looters. I believe all of it can be positive and work for eventually getting the benefits that black people seek in this society. I also believe that there are people who are exploiting our efforts. Now, we all look alike to the untrained eye. And it's until we receive the benefits that we are fighting for that we will actually be able to tell the difference between people who are really fighting for our freedom and people who are fighting for their own personal gain. You'll be able to tell at the end of the road. Until now, we can't worry about how we're different. We have to worry about what what we're doing as a collective and how it can be pushed to collectively get us where we need to be. Some people want a peaceful protest and that's fine. Some people want to stand in a circle and sing Kumbaya. Some people want to burn stuff down and tear it up. And I'm for that too. Some people want to loot and I'm for that as well. It All three versions of protests work in their own way and takes apart um, three different aspects of society, looting tackles capitalism and how it drowns out the voice of black American people. Rioting, meaning burning things down, tearing things up. It tackles the same thing as looting. However, in this um, case, because we feel like we're property, when we burn these things down, when we tear these things up, when we tear down statues that are up honoring those who have abused us, um, assaulted us, pillaged us. We are sending a clear message that if we're property, your property doesn't get to just be sit, sitting there standing up still until we are free, until all lives matter. Meaning until black lives matter, nothing and nobody else's lives matter either. And that is why I am for the rioting. Now, peaceful protest, I'm for that too. Everybody don't have the same skills and everybody is not looking at it from the same scope. But one thing we all have in common is that we are black. And this world's going to look at us all the same. So get to it. Tackle the problem. Tackle our um, injustices. However you see fit, just make sure you're doing it for our good and I think if we all just think about it that way it won't be too much of a problem we'll be able to get through this without being too mentally unscathed as we already are and speaking of being mentally unscathed that brings me to the um the next question uh that I want to kind of answer and that is post-traumatic slave syndrome it's kind of like PTSD However, this is talking about how slavery, Jim Crow, and our current uh, jail system, our current prison system, how that keeps Black people mentally in bondage and, and how these traumas can affect us long term. And they do. Slavery has affected us in so many ways that we're still seeing now. People have, you know, the Willie Lynch letter is very controversial. However, in the Willie Lynch letter, it does say that if you break the black woman, then you eventually break 
black offspring. Because if you break the black woman, then she will ultimately raise her children to be broken. And then they will grow up and be broken and they'll fit directly into the system. They'll raise their children to be broken and then they'll give their children to the system to struggle, to obey as they have. Also, during slavery, the separation of the Black family, the separation of the father from the family, making it so that the mother has to solely raise the her children, her sons, her daughters. This, we still see the remnants of that now because um, it makes it so that we're so used to seeing ourselves in a certain light that we don't break the cycle. You take the chains off of us and we still have these this, this mental trauma that we breed into our children. It's the same thing for, it's a double-edged sword. sword. It's the same thing for white people. Growing up in a constant um, oppressive mentality, benefiting from your oppressors, you raise your children and you don't even realize you're raising them to be hateful. You're raising them to be biased. You're raising them to be prejudiced. You don't even realize that you're doing that. And it's the same thing that's happening to black people. We don't realize that we're raising our children in a way that they feel captive, in a way that they feel like they can't help themselves. We're raising our children to still see ourselves in broken families. And it's really harmful to parenting, relationships, friendships in the Black community. It's all broken due to post-traumatic slave syndrome. Just because those physical shackles have been removed, it doesn't mean that your mental shackles have been. And we live in a society that makes it so hard for us to educate our people that that ignorance keeps us complacent in our trauma. Imagine going back generation to generation and seeing none of your ancestors free. Fast forwarding through time, seeing you not only be freed, but now you're dealing with Jim Crow. Then you get freed from that and then you keep seeing your people be murdered on TV every single day, losing cousins, friends, fathers, mothers, aunties to needless violence by the hands of your oppressors. You get to be in a position where you feel like it's no hope. And now you've been broken. As it says in the Willie Lynch letter, you've been broken. You've lost your will to resist. And that's what they want. If they can take your mind, they take your will and willingness to resist. And we, that's why we can't stop now. This movement cannot just be a moment. We have to continue to riot, loot. We have to continue, continue to protest because if they feel like they can feed us uh, this crap saying everybody is, you know, Black Lives Matter. These businesses are saying that they support us and stuff. I feel like it's a way to pacify us and 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 get us to stop, so that we can all go back to normal schedule programming. And it's like, no, 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 no. We want change and we want it now. And to do that, we have to get back our minds so that we can lose our complacency and get back our willingness to resist. Now, the elephant in the room is police brutality, right? What do I think about the defunding of police? I think it's an absolute need and necessity at this point. The police have been commodified. 
We need to decommodify the police. The police have been overly militarized. We need to demilitarize the police. And what does that mean? That means to take away funding from the police, get them to where they have a smaller budget. There is no way on God's green earth a police precinct is supposed, a police department is supposed to have a tank on hand. You're not supposed to be dressed down to the nines in military gear. You know, you dressed really nicely for somebody who only took six months training. Okay. You don't need these cops dressed up in military, um, um, you know, attire, owning tanks, unlimited supply of tear gas, unlimited supply of ammo. That is a problem. When you give somebody too much power, they start to think that they are all powerful. And the power is not the police themselves. It is the funding. It is the budget that they're getting. If you cut off their supply, if you cut off their budget, they won't be able to have the luxury of being overly militarized. They won't be able to have the luxury of being able to use excessive force as much as they use it now. And so I'm, I'm all for the police being defunded, defund them because that money is going towards militarizing the police and they should not have that power. Stop training these officers to think they're at war. They're not at war. When you train somebody to think they at war, what happens when they get on the, the uh, battlefield? They lay waste to their enemies. And the American people are not the enemy of police. We are the American citizens, the ones that they should be protecting. Take away the funding, lower their budget. That way they are demilitarized. They're decommodified. Hire people like social workers and human services workers to handle certain issues. We shouldn't be locking up people who are being arrested on drug charges. We should be putting them in rehabilitation centers. But when, when we have these cops deciding everything, being the judge, the jury, and the executioner, this is where our problem is. Take the money away. Now we can, you know, handle these things a little bit better. We'll have a lot more control and the American people will feel a lot more safe. Have I experienced racism and prejudice in this country? Absolutely. I did three years of college. Um, I'm going to finish, but coronavirus, all that stuff, you, you get it, okay? But I experienced, I went to a predominantly white college, and it was one of the worst things that I've ever experienced. Remember me talking about, you know, post-traumatic slave syndrome? Well, I experienced a lot of Racial trauma going to this predominantly white, also Christian-based college. I experienced prejudice every single day of me being there, not just for being Black, but for being a Black woman. I was gaslighted constantly by my white peers and forced to watch people walk around in Confederate flag caps and, and praise a man who's trying to take away my rights. It really... I, I've experienced racism and prejudice, sadly, in this country. I'll continue to experience it. I know I will. But I will always fight to end it. And not everybody is going to be able to protest. 
not everybody is going to be able to speak as adequately and as strongly as I do. We all have our different skills as black people. And what I want us to do is come together and figure out what our skills are and use those to maximize the impact we have on white America and our, um, our oppressors. We have to capitalize off of what our skills are and put our people in those um, categories and let them fight utilizing those skills. Everybody can't be on the battlefield because everybody doesn't have battlefield skills. For, for me personally, I can do both. My skill is to be able to speak and to bring understanding and light to those things. And, you know. Maybe that's not everybody else's skill, but that's a conversation for another time. But that's those are my thoughts on our current situation. And I hope that I could could have brought some understanding to anybody listening. But I do want to leave you with this. Since the death of George Floyd, there has been one hundred and twenty people murdered by police in 20 days. They have killed one hundred and twenty people. How many of those people do you think look like me and you?